Hello. Hello, welcome to Object Worship, the podcast where we talk about how the tangible helps us create. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year-end episode, folks. We're going big. That's right. It's the series finale. Just kidding, but it is the last one of this year. It's that it's that very together podcast where we know what we're saying, we know what we're doing, we know what <laughs> what, what, what we we know we know we the know. plan we know. We, know. we know there's a plan we we know the plan we have the plan we made the plan it's all uh, <laughs> <laughs> it can all be ours so epic. I'm uh, I'm your host Dan Pihacek. Uh, I'm a circuit guy. I, uh, I write the code. You know, I do some circuits. I, I make pedals sound he's the way they do. away on the computer. Noise. You were hunched over the, the whole Oklahoma trip. You were basically hunched over a laptop, going. Oh, I, I was. Can't figure it I was. Yeah, I was. I was deep in some bug chasing on um, on Darklight, which we just announced Darklight. Uh, last Friday. Yep. Yeah, which is that's been that's it's been such a different like production flow so yeah i was i was in town to visit for the pop-up and was also like oh i gotta i gotta fix this though there's i, I gotta like i literally yeah. have to fix this right now because otherwise we we lose days and we don't have days to lose yeah. um also i didn't i didn't actually get you introduced uh i'm joined by your host andy offling hello uh, he's a musician pedal enjoyer got to got to watch me while i tried to fix bugs and um <laughs> Felt very, felt very antisocial at a very uh, social. Well, that, that was it. Was kind of fun because I was like, "Hey, what, what does this code actually look like? Like, what is?" That's true. I really, I get to give you a little bit of a, a rundown on like what, just like the general workflow of it, and like, so this is in C. Yeah. This is in a proprietary assembly language. Well, right. So this the is, C stuff, yeah. I'm like, I'm familiar. That stuff all looks familiar. But then you showed me the FV1 code. I'm like, this is. That's so weird. It's so weird looking. <laughs> it's it's closer to like when in my CS classes the the assembly language that I would see. And I remember I had one assembly language class and I just hated it so much. Like why do I have to use this language when talking about computers? So weird. Yeah, the the semester that made me decide not to be a computer science major anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there were two classes and one of them was like about like that kind of like machine level like it was about more like the architecture and assembly and kind of like yeah. okay you've probably started at a top level let's get into like what the machines are actually what it doing. gets compiled down to and whatever and then there was another one that was like algorithmic efficiency so it was all about like you know yeah it, the, the example at that time was always like a mapping uh sort of they wouldn't have said app at the time, but some sort of program that could like GPS, you know, like like yeah, give yeah, you yeah, directions, yeah. like a map quest or whatever. Um, and the just a lot of analysis on how to program those things efficiently. So it felt like super abstracted yeah. algorithmic theory and like super deep hardware stuff. And I was still at the point of like, I don't know, I just want to make fun things. I happen. know, I know. And like C plus plus or Java. That's how. That's how and the then, yeah the first two years of 
the degree you're like oh java and c and c plus plus but then uh yeah then the later ones you're like well ha what's the most efficient way to search a a a tree of values yeah. <laughs> well this isn't quite so fun anymore <laughs> and now i'm like it probably would have helped if i actually you know stuck through it but i it's it's better this way it's yeah i went on a journey and now i'm a programmer that can develop his own specialized knowledge to make guitars sound fun Heck yeah. instead of yeah what, what did you get a degree whatever in? else i would have been doing i just did english oh. um that it was like i was always interested in like it was a like english with a specialization in creative writing so oh. so really that's i mean I, i'm writing manuals and stuff so i'm still like that does programming is, crea is creative learned. writing you could say that i like to think of it that way yeah i think yeah <laughs> and i think i had a what it, they called them cognates or something they were like mini miners and they, <laughs> they there was some structure at michigan state oh. where it's like you didn't minor in computer science but you I have mini a cognate in it. computer science which you know doesn't matter but it's a fun thing to uh to tell people oh, about like so did you go to school for this stuff it's like ah, yes i thought i was gonna make video games then decided i didn't want to program all the time and then 10 years later started programming all the time but in a good way <laughs> did you know i took a video game uh design class it was like the one no. se the one semester that i did uh grad school classes one was a a really so I was a, the, the whole thing was like a group of four of us we just had to make a make a game and it was pretty wild that's awesome yeah that was the that was like the kind of the path i envisioned for myself like heading into yeah. to college which feels so feels so foreign to me now like i yeah kind of fell out of games for a long time yeah I, only the last few years have i gotten back into them yeah the the stuff i've come across in dealing like doing stuff with obs so either streaming or recording videos like that's when a slight bit of that stuff has come back around like oh like 3d rendering or how how can i animate this thing or like mm, or really yeah. just knowing how how hard it is for computers to do some of these things like the computationally <laughs> or, or whatever it's like oh my god you know i'm get it is i get on there and play fortnite and i'm like jesus i know <laughs> little kids game with fun little images but man i this would be so crazy to be in charge of it feels helpful to have a to have a sense of how difficult it is for a, for a computer to do its job yeah it makes you like it helps you be more thankful for well, I don't AI, know. AI actually should help you. It should help you be more thankful for when things are working. It doesn't usually, <laughs> but still, sometimes I'll catch myself being like, "Oh, I can't, I can't believe this! Like, this thing isn't loading, or this thing is taking forever." And then I'm just like, "Dan, think back ten years. Think back twenty years. Like, we we're doing fine. Yeah, me and this computer. <laughs> um, so we should let's. We're talking about the year, I guess. We're talking about. Yeah, Ooh, so a year looking back. Uh, yeah, people know. people will have seen we we don't have a guest for this week, and it's because we thought this is we haven't done a full year of object worship, but this is the first year end that we've had yeah. as a as a podcast, and so we thought it could just be fun to. It's it's been one of those years that, and I think this is true for a lot of people. If it, everyone is like, "Wow, was that this yeah. year?" Like we were talking about some stuff that happened in April that feels like it was well over a year ago mm -hmm. and uh so we just thought thought it'd be fun to kind of catch up on we're we've done what is it 13 episodes of this show we've we like 
kind of did a handful, had a hiatus, did another handful, uh, planned to just keep it going throughout the next year and thought it'd be a fun time. Yeah, the, to, fun and this isn't like back a, as we're, we're going on hiatus again episode. This is just, it's the end of the year episode. That's yeah. All. Yeah. This is just, yeah, it's been, by the time you're listening, it's been a couple weeks. So here's an episode for you. And then a couple weeks from, from now, we'll have another one for you. I feel like we already have a fair bit of people like, into coming on that are they're dying to come on there people have thrown well, so. people have given us homework <laughs> to do they're like you need to try my object before i come on and then there's people who basically bully us eric neifler who say you need to bring me on uh we're getting threats and I, frankly we're, we're pursuing some legal action against uh some of these people so <laughs> actually ran into eric at the the okc airport like oh, really? flying out at similar times and uh, I was like, we got we to gotta get you on. We'll, we'll get you on, like, started next year or yeah. something. And he he was like, he was like, have you guys had, have you guys talked to Joel yet? It was funny because it was yeah. like, I know, I know he's excited to come on and we're excited to have him on. And then when I was like, let's do it, he was like, you should have Joel on. Like, I don't know if he was saying you should have Joel on first, but it was like, oh, yeah, we should have Joel. Well, on Joel is just Basically, like. we should have everybody at Chase Bliss on. Yeah. Well, and, and Joel, Joel is such an easy get and such a good one that I'm kind of like. Keeping that in the pocket for now, like, <laughs> and also like, let's get into the the groove of the show and get comfortable yeah. before we have one of our good friends on, you know. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we'll. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to to what the next year holds. Uh, but yeah, so we thought let's let's retrospect on this past year. Maybe I don't know what gear we were into. Fun new releases, fun memories from the podcast. Uh, kind of all the stuff that Old Blood was up to. We had a lot of releases this year. Um, this has to have been your most uh, prolific year, right? As a company, yeah. I feel like the BL series like really helped that because we did three because we only started that like a little over a year ago. Okay. It was at the end of last year that we did the reverse. So then we had the um, the chorus and the reverb and the phase repeater all within this year, mm-hmm. and then with all the so other I'm stuff, to think, we've we've had some busy years, but yeah, those plus MTET plus yeah. dark light, which is it'll be and shipping beam splitter next yeah. year, but yeah, beam splitter. Um, it's also funny to like try to remember what we actually released versus what I is know. like coming down the pipe soon. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like for a, for a bit, it's been something every month. Which is kind of wild, at least this last part of the yeah. year. Yeah, the back yeah the back part of the year has been very stacked because we had a, a December release, a November release, an October release, and I think before that we had I think at end of July was the BL thirty seven. Oh, okay. Maybe? Yeah, it was like kind of a couple months break, and we were discontinuing some pedals along the way. We were trying to yes. kind of make room in the lineup, so. R.I.P. Uh, Mondegreen and Reflector. Yeah. And well, and now Darkstar too. And EQ Buffer and now Darkstar. Crazy. You guys, and you guys are crazy for that for one. By January thirty first. Let's say that. Um, I still I can't tell how public we've been. I think there's like a language on the site that's like. Well, I mean, because we're it, we're figuring out what the next iteration is. So we're I think we're trying to be upfront about like we're not. We're not just nuts, you know. We're not discontinuing <laughs> one of our best pedals just just for the sake of it. We just want to we want to give it room to breathe before we eventually bring yeah. it in. Like 
reintroduce it to the world in a different form. So. Yeah. Well, I know on the, the Emma's video, which was amazing, it ended with them being like, wait, so Dark good. Star being discontinued? So, so good, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, I mean, before, I'll, I'll probably say it again, but if I don't, like, massive shouts out to uh, Blake from Old Blood Noise with his his vision for, like, the entire dark light release and like be like i don't even understand yeah. the full scope of his vision right now which is awesome <laughs> um but it was just really cool to be even a little part of that and kind of not really understand what's going on but then see the videos and be like oh cool i i see yeah. how it all came together and it's really great it was it was amazing to see it come to fruition having like glimpses of the overall thought process but but similar to you being like i I don't grasp the whole vision, but I can tell it like it's interesting and it's going to be weird and different. And like, yeah, he's so, so deep in it that he's going to, he's going to make something happen. And then seeing it, it's like, Oh, that, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know he would be <laughs> truly taken aback. He would be very like, you know, you know, not, he'd be cool about it, but like, you know, when I drove in a couple of days early and all the filming was going on, it was like, it wasn't like, a bunch of people standing around going like, all right, what do we do now? And someone goes, oh, well, I guess, you know, Blake was like, all right, we're doing, we're doing this now. And then you guys go get costumes and someone will get this ready. It was like, it's like a real deal thing. I was like, man, they got this, this thing going. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, I feel like he was bringing in a lot of, just a lot of talented people and yeah, trying to make sure that things went smoothly. Cause it's like, there's a, there's a whole team working together to make this happen so let's make sure they are like working as a unit type thing which is i mean it's cool when that works it's really nice to see that well, i think i don't know if i've said this specifically on the show yet but one of my favorite things really overall is when someone takes such care and time and expertise to make something ostensibly kind of stupid and silly like not saying that that's what the <laughs> movies are or the video is but it is it's just it's it's silly. It's it's like over the top. It's meant to be. Uh, you, you're meant to laugh. I think it'd be a little uncomfortable or whatever. And I I just like that where it's like no we we aren't trying to make like the slickest hippest video for dark light. It's like no we wanted to make a low budget looking uh, '80s horror thing and kind of make it into this world uh, outside of it too. Like yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, to just create create a short film that is then like, oh, and also this is technically just an ad for a pedal. Right. <laughs> like, that, yeah. when, you, when you talk about silliness, it's like that. That's the silly part. Yeah. There's something fascinating about how seriously we can all get invested in this. And then I can so easily talk myself in two very opposite directions. Like I can be just and you know we talked about you know in okc me being just like hunched over my laptop <laughs> trying to figure out a bug because yeah. i was like we don't have time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know just like overly stressed about like figuring out these these issues with the um with just the you know we added a lot of features it's not just sunlight and dark star in a box there's all this new i saw you talking about trails did you get that sorted out we so i hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, we'll be confidently saying that it has trails. Basically, we have a hacked apart unit that <laughs> has trails. Yeah. And then we have boards on the way that have that like baked into the board. So it's just a matter of like being totally, totally final about like, all right, we built this circuit board, this layout, this hardware. 
and it's doing the thing we want it to do successfully and without adding various issues, you know, trails switch so that you can have it be normal well, or and, switch it into like a buffered bypass trails. And trails being an addition from like neither of the sunlight or dark star had that, right? No, that's a, I mean, that's a really common request for right. our stuff. Um, and it honestly, I mean, this, we're just peek behind the curtain. Um, because maybe people are interested in that. I don't maybe know. Maybe so they I wanna, are. I want to go retrospective, but I'm like, no, I'll do it. The, when we started working on dark light, we, we kind of put together a list of what it should have. And like, based on kind of how much time we had to make it happen, that created some natural limitations. Yeah. Also just it, it having to have the core of a sunlight and a dark star versus like a total reimagining of like, yeah, okay, we're starting with some reverb, you know, like, no, it <laughs> yeah. has to be sunlight and dark star, you know, here's the control sets for each of those and all that. Um, but like, what can we add to make it more interesting than just the two of them? in a box. Um, and we, we didn't have trails on the list initially, but that is something that we're conscious of that people request a lot. And I basically had an idea for how trails might be able to work in a super simple, like passive way. And I was kind of like, yeah, it might have some noise or whatever, but it could just be a simple thing. And at one point, like on the revision that we were working on when, when you and I were in Oklahoma, (laughs) It had that like that lazy trails approach of maybe this will work. And uh, and I was focused on some of the things we had implemented yeah. at that time, like getting the routing fixed up and uh, a thing with the input knob on sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the week after, uh, I was like, Isaac, can you test those trail switches? Because it seemed like they were working, but I really just did not test it. And basically it turned out like technically they work, but they drag your signal down so much it's like mm-hmm. a passive ABY versus an active ABY kind gotcha, of situation yeah, yeah. you do it the passive way and it's just like well technically you have trails but you also don't have a good input signal anymore yeah. which is yep. kind of important um so we had to develop to like develop this active circuitry around it get another prototype board in and then make some changes to that to get it you know it's like oh actually we also need to add this little thing okay now it's up and running but we had to cut a few traces and run a few new wires and now let's bake that into the new board. Nice. Um, and I forgot why I started that. I uh, asked story, you, but yeah, it, I guess, I guess just, the, just the I idea saw you of talking the, about you know, it in discord to, to people who were asking and you were giving lots of info. I just thought it was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun to be able to let people in, like give them more details and also be like, and Hey, we might even add some trails. On this. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. TBD. <laughs> But yeah, so that's something that, you know, I can't, I can't tell you that every pedal is going to have trails moving forward, but it's something we're trying to, we're, we're trying to be responsive to the type of feedback that we've gotten consistently over these first nine years as a company. Yeah. And the, the Especially as we're, as we're like looking at, you know, a future iteration of Dark Star and maybe some just kind of bigger, more powerful things. Trails is one of those things where we have to remember, oh yeah, people like trails. Let's make sure this has trails on it. And, there, and there's a lot of notes coming down from the new uh, Farsh Industries owners too, so, which Old sure, Blood is yeah, now a yeah, subsidiary, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, they, they have certain things big, they want to see. Big restructuring, yeah. And uh, we kind of have to, to go with that, so. Yep, yeah, that's... that's. <laughs> um, do, we, do we... Oh, I'm remembering now oh, yeah. that the... Just uh, the, why why I started that story was just to say that people often ask for trails, and sometimes I'm like, why don't we do trails? 
could it be really easy? And, and then, then you remember. I've learned. Okay, it's, it's not, not really easy. easy. <laughs> we it's not that we like missed a simple trick. It's that it's a little. It's a little more complicated than you think. It's doable. It's definitely doable. It's just not uh, slap a switch on it situation. That's why you're getting paid the big bucks, Dan. You gotta figure <laughs> it out. It's gotta gotta do. Yeah. It. I was gonna say maybe maybe we could shift into a little little bit of hogline stuff and. We yeah, can, that sounds good. There's a there's a bunch of messages here. We can and we can just we'll just kind of go where we want to go with it. We can play yeah, we'll more. Just pepper them in. And, um, yeah. We can. Yeah, we ask the listeners to to give us more hogline because we're going we're yeah, going guest we're, list today. We're going guest list. Guest less. You I'm not guest list. You are you are the guest yes. hogline. And so so this first one here I thought would be kind of fun, especially in a retro retrospective thing, um, because it. From the transcript here, it seems like this person is calling in to give us some information about an object on a previous episode. So, wait, no. Oh, nice. I got to play the, the hog line intro. What the heck? On line, on hogs. That's the line for you to call. Oh, yeah. All right. So, here's the message. Yeah, hi. This is uh, Professor Hogg. Uh, ah, Professor Hogg. In some interesting information. Um, this is in regards to uh, Jeremy's episode uh, where he talked about the TIAC uh, four-track tape machines and um, <clears throat> left the open question about why some of these prosumer machines were four-track instead of two-track. And believe yeah. it or not, I actually wanted to figure out the answer to that question because I have one of the machines as well. Oh, cool. So the reason, there's actually two different reasons and two different types of four-track machines that you see in the 1970s. One is these, like, TX machines that have the simul-sync uh, heads on them, and these were specifically designed in the early 1970s for multi-track recording at home. Like, basically, the earliest DIY, you're going to multi-track like you would on a four-track set machine in the, in the uh, late 80s but you're going to do it on reel-to-reel with a mixer and stuff. So that's huh. why those TAC machines with SimulSync have four tracks. They're really designed for um, home recording musicians, tracking music. But also there are a ton of um, four-track machines that are just for listening that are sort of prosumer level as well. And the reason that those have four tracks is because it would enable you to record more music. So you could record for longer. So the, And this is because... You'd record two stereo, you know, a stereo two-track on one side of the tape, and then once you got to the end of that reel, you'd flip the tape over, and you could record on the second side of the tape, which was what the other two tracks, tracks one and three and tracks two and four. Uh So that's why they were Uh four-track. It was just so that you could um, get to the end of the tape, flip it over, and have twice as long to record the music. So Merry Christmas. There's a little piece of tidbit information for you, and uh, really enjoy the show. Sweet, very interesting, Professor yeah. Hogg. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I mean, that'll. That's cool. What? Yeah. What? How crazy to think back. I, well, I'm just thinking about if I sat down and record some music, and I'm like, well, time to pull out my reel to reel tape and rewind it and flip it over. Like, man, just a different world. Imagine. 
if it were that difficult for us. Like I wouldn't do anything, I don't think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I you you walked into OKC with your Strandberg and your quad cortex in the front and I was like, holy shit, man. Like and it's it's the size of like it's so small. I don't know. I'm like we yeah, are so far from I this. walk in I walk in and Tyler's like, Oh, is that is that your viola? <laughs> <laughs> Get it like, yeah. Maybe it is. This is yeah, this is definitely veering off from tape machines but this is a if we feel like a lot of gear podcasts like to do a kind of the year in gear retrospective they might be picking their their favorites or like the best you know the best new things or just i don't know in general you look back on on the year and it's very funny that it's like oh this year was the year that i (laughs) just massively reorganized the sort of idea around which my guitar is is based and 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 at least for that trip where I wanted to do some recording with plain speak, I was, I like captured my Benson, captured the calamity drive, captured the halberd, used what's that, some what's really that cool process like? modulations. And so it's basically, it's, it's really fast. There's essentially a, like an output on the quad cortex that's just capture out. And it's just, it's, it's dedicated for that. It's not a multifunction out. It's just labeled capture out. Oh, wow you plug that into whatever you want to capture. So it might be an amp or an overdrive pedal. It's essentially you can capture things that aren't time-based or I see particularly like dynamic. So like, for example, like fuzzes can be tougher because if they kind of do weird gating type stuff, it doesn't capture that as well as like an amp or an overdrive or, um, you know, preamp things like that. But you basically just plug that into whatever. And then, if it's a pedal, you just run it back into input two of the quad cortex, right. or you could like when capturing my amp, I put a mic in front of it and ran the mic into the input okay. two of the quad cortex. But the but the basic structure is capture out into whatever you're trying to capture, and then whatever you want to bring back in. So the the end of the chain you're trying to capture, run that into input two. You click a button, it shoots a bunch of bleep bloops yeah. through the device it's some sort <laughs> so of sweep like a, right some uh, yeah it's like it it does some sweeping and some kind of percussive stuff and if you like if your dog is in the house <laughs> they uh, start apologize to them <laughs> profusely um wow. and uh and then yeah like a few minutes later like, they so it like runs a bunch of sounds through and then does some analysis and then gives you a page where you can just flip back and forth between like the capture the, like the sound you were trying to capture and then the capture it created oh, and you just you can, just a b those really like quick and figure instantly. out like okay does this feel right and then you can go back and recapture it and you know adjust your kind of Crazy. gain levels um and so yeah i had this like i had captured the like dirty preamp of the vincent and the overall clean with cabinet of the vincent and a calamity drive and halberd and uh wonder Wonderbolt distortion, wow. just a handful of my favorite drive pedals, and then use their like inbuilt modulations and delays and things. And the wildest thing, I feel like I kept telling people this story in Oklahoma yeah. City, so probably told yeah, you yeah. this already, but we were, um, so plain speak, the the album that we actually the album we put out this year while wow, we we're in retrospective mode when we were, yeah, when we were working on Calamity, um, we did that at a studio in Oklahoma City called Cardinal Song, and uh, Mike Trepanier, who's the the uh, guy who runs that studio 
is also a big quad cortex guy. Like he, I feel like a year ago, he's like, man, this thing, it's, it's pretty cool. It's doing some, yeah. pretty, some pretty interesting stuff. He kind of put the bug in my ear early on. And I was, we were uh, working on the first song and it was just kind of a, all of us live in the room thing. And I had the kind of the chain I had set up at home, plus a couple other pedals. Like I, I put a dweller in the loop for the quad cortex and put the 29 pedals flower in front, just some extra options and was really close to dialed in, but it was like something wasn't happening. I couldn't quite place it. And he and Mike Trepano was like, hey, I think I've got a thing for you. <laughs> I think I hear what you're going for. I hadn't vocalized yet what I was trying to find. It's like, I think I hear what you're going for and I think I've got the thing. <laughs> and he like shows me how to befriend him on the neural DSP cortex this cloud. This is going to bring it full circle to tape machines, folks. Don't worry. Yeah, because... <laughs> He's he had captured a bunch of his like tape machines, like the preamps of these tape machines at the studio. And he pointed me to uh, I, I can't remember the model. I mean, at some point I'll make a like a video about all yeah, the sounds yeah. I was using for that for that. But he points me to a few and is like, try, try these. I think one of these will do the trick. And I, lo- I loaded a few of them up and, and the first couple didn't nail it. And the third was just like exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. And so in this box it's like now i have my simulated chain as if it's all being captured by a tape machine and then he just had the di of that crazy and that's that's like the sound that's on these next six plain speak songs that's that's so my guitar wild. yeah what so, what did it and and i'm and i'm doing all of this with a headless guitar with seven <laughs> strings on it yeah. and people and everyone's like that's the dumbest thing i've ever seen but i can't deny yeah. the sound i'm like yeah, and, and then they see the they neck, cool and like, oh my god, now, and they hold it, uh, like, oh, it's not as bad <laughs> yeah. as I thought, it feels pretty good. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's... Ima- yeah, that was that was me, uh, that was a weekend of me, like, selling people old blood stuff, but ultimately just selling people Strandbergs and, and quad cortexes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm still kind of, uh, I mean, I, I, I believe, you know, I, there's been enough of these scenarios where I'm like, all right. I, I believe this stuff is good, but I, it's still just, I, I'm not used to it yet. Like the idea of going into a studio with just a quad cortex and it being good enough and an actual engineer being like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I don't know that, that that's a pretty new thing. I feel like the last couple of years. Yeah. And like, and I'm sure it takes, it takes some dialing in from like everyone involved. Like I was working, I, I was working at home to get captures of the stuff that, that really felt like me and make sure that those captures sounded at least 90% there. And then, you know, who knows what sort of, if he was running it through any additional like outboard stuff, you yeah, know, in my yeah. head, I'm like, he just had a DI, but he may have been sure. like, but it's like, yeah, it, it creates a pretty good representation of a full guitar chain. There's, and it's this weird, it's an in-between like we, uh, to get into retrospective yeah, yeah. mode, we, you know, we talked with, uh, with Andy Pitcher. it's like episode yeah, two yeah. and we're talking about the difference between interacting with something that feels like a computer versus something that feels like an analog object. And the quad cortex is like much more on the feels like a computer side of things. Right. You know, it's a, it's a touch screen, yeah, and all yeah. that, but then it also has foot switches that are knobs. It's, it's a bit of an in-between and so it feels some of it is like antithetical to the stuff that we talk about here where it's like how much of it is still tangible versus like right you know and i think the there's something to be said for like the capture process or using it with other pedals and things like that and it's not you know it doesn't 
replace that experience, but it adds a a level of convenience for if I'm just trying to fly home <laughs> and be able to make some music with my band, yeah. I can put my sound in a box and fly with that box. You know? Yeah, which I mean, to me, you can't really argue with anything where the endpoint is just trying to make some something, make some creative yeah, output exactly. or whatever. That is the, yeah, that's the whole thing here is like, we, we want to talk about the gear, but we want to talk about how it enables us to make music. And so well, and I, for that, for that generation that, you know, people like us might sometimes be disdainful of, where it's just like, they're just plugging in DI and it's all just plugins. It's all just, but if they're, if they're making music, if they're like engaging in the creative act, then yeah. it's still an incredible thing. When I, I'm thinking, right. It's just harder to relate to. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking right now, cause like this voicemail very very thankful for uh professor hogg for that information but like the the prosumer thing versus pro or whatever like is the would the quad cortex be considered prosumer like like the tiac was in the 70s like that's that's more than a guitarist needs to be able to do some of that stuff but it's also not like i think recording studio level stuff like I'm I'm just trying to think of what's prosumer now versus, uh, you know, one of these tape machines. Yeah, I guess. I feel like you still have a lot of prosumer in like. <laughs> I was gonna say more in the like in the studio world or like with your like microphones and outboard gear and things like that. There's more of like a a mid tier yeah. where it's like you have a a home studio but you don't have like a full professional studio. But I'm also outside of that world enough that I don't I don't know it deeply enough to really talk about it. Whereas I think I think potentially like we use a bunch of sort of prosumer stuff. I think what it is is I don't know what the pro thing beyond prosumer is yeah. in the world of guitar playing. Because like I you know, my my year is greatly informed by watching Pliny play live and he's using a Strandberg mm-hmm. through a quad cortex that and he's touring the world with that yep. so it's it's absolutely pro but there might be like a level above that that i'm not aware i'm like i don't know how much say like a you know the axe effects stuff or you know in terms yeah. of price and, and features it, i get the impression that a, a quad cortex and things like the helix and that the, the fender uh tone master that yeah again was released this year <laughs> those those types of devices yeah. Um, are I think trying to bridge the gap between a prof- a need for like professional touring stuff and just somebody in their bedroom that just wants to play around. I think they're trying to find that that in between so that it it's never going to be like entry level consumer, right. but yeah, the, I think prosumer could be a good way of putting it. But it's just it also happens to be pro. Well, that, yeah, and that's kind of the interesting part is like. <sighs> Why, well, what's a better, what's a better way to put it? Let me see. Like, is, is, it does pro actually exist or is pro, is prosumer actually different at all? Like, I don't know. I think about my UAD plugins. Like oh, I'm, I'm right now on this mic, I'm running through an LA2A and an 1176 and an API preamp. And it's like, it's, if I told people that those were real, they could probably, they'd probably believe me that would be pro level stuff but uh part part of me gets to thinking this is a little bit about like gatekeeping where people are like well it's not real music unless you went and did this specific thing but there's like less and less of that to go off of 
like like your quad cortex you just plug that in and you're good to go like i just played a show in philly where i flew out and uh, you know use the acs1 uh direct into an interface process it through ableton and right to the house like that's crazy um i don't it just yeah so you're living like in you're like edging toward that in a way you know yeah <laughs> you got the, the amp simulator at the end of everything yeah i don't it's just i just choked choked on my coffee in the midst of that yeah so i was watching you die on the video on and then talking through it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> folks dan is okay do not worry <clears throat> but yeah that that idea of like whether um the idea of like quote-unquote pro gear is just kind of gatekeepy and yeah i don't know but then you know but then we're we're spending all this time like i know uh talking about how the yuna is like <laughs> yeah makes that five percent and we believe and it like, yeah, and jesse all, comes on here and we're like of, yeah you're insane and crazy and smart and i believe you and yeah and you yeah you could you could tell people that your chain is the actual real hardware implementations of all that stuff and most people would just go, okay, that makes sense. But yeah. if you got all that real hardware, you would go, oh, this does sound better. It doesn't, I didn't have to do that, but if I do it, I can tell that it does sound better. It's yeah. just always, a, I don't know. It's just always navigating like who, who that's for, you know, if, if, yeah. if you can afford it and if it helps you like feel better about the sounds you're creating and thus helps you make new or more sounds yeah then then do it if you're going into debt because you feel like <laughs> you need to you know impress people on the gram or whatever the yeah. <laughs> the thing is and you're not even making music you're just like posting pictures of the cool thing you have then then that's not the right path forward yeah. it's i think we all have to f make sure that we are like moving forward with the right intention yeah well, at least just, it sounds so lame just to be like, as long as you're having fun, like that's, that's all, that's like so lame, but also like completely. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something, I was, you know, some Reddit or the gear page or whatever. Somebody was like, oh, I've always run. I think it was like somebody had a shot of their pedal board and somebody was like, you know, oh, it's, oh, it's wild to th this, uh, you know, this signal chain makes no sense. Like. And it had like some fuzzes and delays and stuff or uh, reverbs and delays and stuff like before a fuzz. Yeah. And somebody was like, I always loved running reverb into fuzz. It sounds great to me. Am I wrong? <laughs> like, whoa, don't, don't, don't create a new it's mental like, illness for yourself right now. <laughs> yeah. Someone's saying, someone's saying it sounds, I always do this because it sounds great to me. But then they're second Am guessing it. It's like, no, no. Wow. But, yeah. You know, I, and, and to be fair, that could be somebody who's like pretty new in their journey. That's like. Oh, I think it sounds good, but maybe right. Maybe I'm missing something. You know, there there can there can be a way that that question comes from comes from a good place and can be answered from a good place. But <laughs> but more often than not, somebody will tell you. Well, and yeah, it sounds horrible. You are wrong. <laughs> well, and I, I I I would be a fool to say that I'm not one who's like, oh yeah, this sounds good, but I have some ideas for how we could make it just a little <laughs> better. You know, we could, yeah, some things we could try. Uh, so I don't know. I get it. Um, do we want to do a, another voicemail here, just to just to keep going through? Yeah, yeah. Let's all right. Let's let's, let's see what one. this one is. Well, hello, odd hogs. 
That's not uh, us. That's you, by the way. Coffee spoons. I just <laughs> wanted to say thank you so much for having such a wonderful server. And the Discord server. Such a wonderful and enjoyable uh, podcast to listen to. I have a great time every time I listen. Wow. So keep it up, guys. Love your pedals. Love your server. Love your podcast. Have a great one. Wow, that was nice. Thanks so much, Coffee Spoon. That I appreciate that. Yeah, they left like a um, uh, they, they said something like, "Oh, I just I just said hello oh, on, nice. the, on the hog line." That's a very nice hello. Let me yeah. tell you what, Heck <laughs> it's yeah. lovely to hear. It is. It is. I think having a podcast that people actually want to listen to—that's crazy. That's a crazy. <laughs> that's that's a special thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna take that for granted. You know, just kind of mostly feel like I'm just the, shooting the shit. Through the course of creating this thing, people have said it's good, which is (laughs) pretty crazy. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna. I got a very, I got a very nice compliment from from Dave Jordan about like something. Saying that I I will sometimes like wrap things back, or I'll hear something and kind of connect it to an earlier part of the conversation in a way that really like. Um shows is like a sort of active listening and like engaging yeah. uh approach and i just really appreciated that compliment because yeah. this is part of this podcast is just figuring out how to interview people or yeah, you know yeah. how to have conversations with people and uh it is interesting to just try, <laughs> to just be thinking like okay stay interested be interesting make, uh to, make know? it valuable yeah <laughs> yeah man and thankfully, we've had so many incredible guests on that it's, you know, yeah, makes and it luckily, easy. And luckily, I mean, not to toot our own horns or whatever. And I guess this is tooting Brady's horn, really. But, like, the the concept <laughs> here is is easy enough and, and not specific enough that we can kind of go wherever we want with it. And that makes it nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted it to feel open in that way. Like, I, I you know, having something to center it around but not to be so rigid about like this this is a history of the DL4 featuring <laughs> expert Andy Pitcher. It's like yeah, no, no uh Andy what do you want to talk about the DL4 okay, awesome. cool, yeah no and so on that note uh like you've been saying retrospective vibes but Dave Jordan um is a person that I met this year and started hanging out with this year and it was just a a friend of a friend like I was at someone's wedding and a, a mutual friend of ours was like, yeah, I've got this buddy who just like won't stop talking about pedals and it's kind of annoying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you should let me know his name. <laughs> like I might like him actually. So <laughs> let me yeah. know. So, and then from there it was just like, you know, I mean, I mean, long story short, I, I feel like Dave had an amazing time at the Oklahoma city event, the, the pop-up. I was uh, over the moon just, you know, having him there representing Albuquerque like that's just cool for me to have the city I live in uh be represented in in that way so it makes me extra proud of where I live um you had a great crew of uh, <laughs> Al- Albuquerque yeah Albuquerque. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's so many people there from Albuquerque yeah three, three of my you're all a, lo- a lovely group of I folks they're so great uh no no three, three of my good friends came and one of Dave's friends came and it, it was awesome but it was just really cool for me to see, uh, you know, because I I helped him out as much as I could, but you know, to see him there and just like 
standing his own. His devices are good and they sound good and people go up and play them and say, wow, this is good and fun and I like this. And like, I don't know, just that was that was really fun for me to see him he, to go from, you know, selling a couple pedals a month at the beginning of the year to now where he's like, his, his last bas- batch of uh, Slow Loris is sold out in less than a minute. Uh, Incredible. So that's just, that's cool. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. He's he's gonna come over here after recording this podcast to show a prototype uh, of something. Nice. So, uh, and the he came over the other day, and I was like, with, with this prototype, and I was like, what would it take to put an expression control on this? And he was like, well, I've never done that before. And then like the next day, he's like, okay, I got it working. <laughs> he's got an expression. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, dude, that's cool. So, God, just having him around and like he i feel like he comes over maybe every other week or every week to just you know like, like you were saying uh, with kai earlier but just like constantly exchanging gear to borrow and trying new things out and whatever i don't know it's just that's yeah. been one of my most fun things it's, of this year it's fun like developing those local friendships because that's i mean that's one thing this is um this will be my first full year living in Michigan since like I was going to school here you know um and Kai is somebody that I started following because I was like oh he's a musicologist at the University of Michigan and I'm moving to Ann Arbor where that university is so like maybe I'll see if he wants to hang out or something you know how how do you how do you make friends um and then thankfully he he reached out because he was working on the dissertation and then that led to us hanging out and then him coming on object worship Mm -hmm. and then just last week had like a just a nice gear hang where he was like hey you know yeah got a little bit of time if you want to bring over some gear we'll make some noises and we had we played he had a telly with a set of ron ellis pickups ron ellis Ron Ellis uh, Hubbard he, wouldn't play those. Just Ron, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they are um, they're pickups that I don't know if they're hard to f- if they're hard to get or if they're only very expensive, but I think they're both. <laughs> um, yeah, but he so somehow has a set. It's the Pappy Van Winkle of pickups. Yeah, something like that. And we ran that into the electronic electronic audio experiment sending yeah. which is another new release from this year just incredible like multi-featured Ridiculous. well-voiced yeah. analog delay into my benson vincent and it was like the most indulgent <laughs> example of like i just need a telly and a delay pedal and an amp and that's it that's a little bit of slap back yeah. and some, anything you know, else would uh, tarnish the, the the purity of what i've got going on and and the fact is you hear those three things in tandem and you're like, you know, it's the, it's the Una thing. You're like, oh, yep, yeah, it, it does. It does a real nice thing. And then you're thing. like, well, you can, and then you pop out the quad cortex. Like I'm going to capture all this. <laughs> like I've got it. Honestly, I feel like I need to go back over and capture. He's got some, like, he's got a, on his board, he was running a, an audio kitchen, small trees. I think it is. It's like a one kind of a one tube, like preamp pedal. Ooh into a shinai um big one which is like apparently based on an api like front end kind of preamp thing but it's just like a one knob clean boost and then so running then those two things also into the benson with like some really nice guitars was just like man these that that's those those light bits of tone shaping but but it makes me curious to try to see if i can capture those if i can get any of the light magic that they do so that that stuff you're talking about there that's pro level stuff 
Like to me, yes, that's that would be yeah. You know, that's that's, that's you great. can't do better than that, really. If you if you wanted to get like a gold horse yeah, econ or something, maybe. But like yeah, and you could you could say that like yeah, those Ron Ellis pickups, for example, are like pro level or at least just you have a lot of money to throw around level or you know it's, it's like holy shit i think that's i'm looking at the, the price on the website <laughs> <laughs> it's 375 for a single tele pickup dang that is wild i basically know them because of uh on that pedal show like mix strat i think he tried some different pick i don't know there was a point where mick had ron ellis pickups in his strat and it just sounded incredible and then like rabia did a video where he was trying out a bunch of different pickups in his strat because he was trying to find like what he wanted his strat sound to be and one of the clips was him using mix like the, the, he basically just pulled the pick guard out of mixed guitar and put it into his guitar, you know, to, to do those pickups. Wow. And it was interesting where it was like, I heard without looking at the screen, I heard a sound. I was like, wow, there's something special there. And I looked down and I was like, Oh, it's the Ron Ellis. Dang. And it's probably partially because I've heard those on that pedal show a lot. Um, and so then to yeah hear some, some tele pickups in person, it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a thing. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, but that yeah. I mean, I I get it. What, what not, not to just you know blow up kind of spot of like he had these very expensive pickups. This dude has seven hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> in a telly set, dude. No, it's. I I mean I yeah, I I, I don't know if I love or hate those moments actually where you're like, damn it, like that I can't talk any shit right now. <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, sometimes yeah. sometimes you'll hear something very expensive and you'll go, you know. It's it's just not for me. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's it's rare that you would say it's bad, but it's just like I don't I don't hear it. And honestly, with with those pickups, is a situation where I'm like, these sound incredible, but so do like the tele type pickups that I use. Or you know, it's like I thankfully I can just be be thankful for this experience yeah. and not go around go around shopping for that's yeah <laughs> for that's how thing. I am too. I I feel really well. I don't know if this is changing subjects really, but uh, Felipe, uh, no, Philippe. There's too many Philippes and Felipes. Uh, Philippe from Caroline uh, Guitar Company was posting about, it's like, you know, with, with all the, you know, the pedals available and stuff available, like, how do you choose what you use? Which is like a good question because whatever. And I, I didn't respond on there or anything, but I keep thinking about it. It's like, man, I feel so lucky to be in a spot where my actual answer to that question is like, well, it's just what my friends make, <laughs> you know, it's like I can, the, <laughs> part of what I, what I can choose. And I, I, this is so privileged, whatever, but just, I have a list of friends who make pedals and I'm like, I can just stick with this. Like, and as I, you know, I've recently through John Snyder been, been talking with uh, John from uh, Bondi effects in, in Australia. It's like, Oh yeah. That person, I generally don't add new things to my rig unless I have gotten to know the person who makes them, which is just, I don't know. I find myself thinking about that the past couple of days and just like, I'm thankful for it in a, in a retrospective way. Just like, not everyone can do that. They can be like, oh, I see how these companies uh, act and, and whatever and can base things on that. But I'm like, you, like you're one of my friends. These, these people who make this uh, are some of my best friends and, 
it's more and more of them are becoming my friends from doing these things. Like hanging out with uh, Felipe from from Beatronics at o- Oklahoma City was just like, man, yeah, I want to be that so guy. Fun. Holy shit, <laughs> so cool and comfortable looking. And God, I don't know. So yeah, I, I'm just is, saying, it, I'm it is nice to <laughs> to kind of step away and realize those, you know, how special those connections are. I mean, I mean, you know, we're talking. I like. I guess I don't know anybody at Strandberg, um, but I, through Andy Pitcher, like he's uh, somebody that used to work with him now is like running sales over at, uh, uh, at Neural. So he was able to, you know, yeah. kind of put me, re put me in touch with like a mutual friend, you know, so that we could talk about like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested yeah, in the yeah. cortex. And I, and I got to like, you know, meet some other neural people through that and have a sense of, you know, um, a sense of who who's behind this product um in yeah. a way that does it just gives you that extra connection where i probably if i were just shopping around without having any industry connections there's a likelihood that i would have ended up at this solution regardless because i want the combination of like built-in effects and the yeah. ability to capture my specific things so not just the kemper profiling or just the helix modeling but yep. some like an in-between of the two but there could be other stuff that does exactly that that i'm just not aware of yeah. because i didn't know anybody at the yeah. company to say hey i'm interested in this can we talk about it more <laughs> you know? yeah and it's and that is it's a nice position like like you say to be in where i look around and yeah most of my stuff is from friends in the industry yes or even things that i you know my first boutique pedals are from earthquaker mm-hmm. and i'm like a college kid that's like yeah. wow this i'm getting one cool fuzz pedal and then i can go to earthquaker day this year and like chat with jamie stillman and be like oh he knows who i am i mean i still i still kind of <laughs> he, he remembers me i mean obviously i remember him but right. he remembers me too that's so that's i still so kind of do a double take every time uh just like robert keely's at an event i'm just like i have to be like wait a second that that guy is responsible for like a lot in this industry like yeah and and have all you all so much happening in oklahoma city like i don't know i'm i'm liking oklahoma yeah. city more and more the more i go there it's a good spot it's yeah i feel like uh keely is one of the the people i point toward when people are like what like yeah. why does oklahoma city have so many pedal companies and i'm like i couldn't tell you for sure but i feel like it's because of robert yeah. keely i feel like he started a company in the 90s and bunch of people worked there were inspired by the idea of boutique pedals and the thought that they could be made in Oklahoma city. Yeah. And you, you know, other companies, Walrus starts up out of that lineage. Then old blood starts up out of that lineage. And, yeah. you know, now look at all y'all. Now wow. look at us all grown up. up. Um, all right. Do we want to, do we want to listen to another voicemail? Yeah. Let's, let's keep see. Them coming. I'm, I'm looking through these. Um. All right, I, I don't know. I don't. There's a lot here, but I'm gonna go ahead and just play it. I don't know exactly what's going hey, on here. Hey, Dan and Andy. Um, I I actually haven't listened to this podcast yet because I'm a. I feel like a complete what uh, internal failure. Calling in and uh, <laughs> a non listener. I hope okay. you're all. You're both having wonderful. This is uh, closes to the Clement. year. Um, been mm. a big year for everybody. I, feel I believe like a lot I know them from the happened. Uh, I, uh, you know, to check in with you both. See, see if there were any significant sort of moments that felt um, like you know, like the the the, the end, the accomplishment of something. Um, not so much things that you're like you did that you're proud of in an abstract sense, but like 
those specific moments that felt, um, you know, like culminations or whatever. Um, yeah, thanks so much. Um, I'm currently, I guess, I guess after this, and I'm gonna go, uh, gonna go dive go into the backlog and listen to all object worship. Uh, <laughs> That's because, so funny. You know, frankly, it's it's kind of absurd that I haven't already. Yeah. Anyway, agreed. Love you. Enjoy the rest of the year, and uh, you know, take 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 the time to to sort of relax and enjoy yourself. Uh, yeah. Reset for 2024. Had to. Think real hard to remember what year it was. <laughs> yeah, see, and no one, <laughs> well, it's like you said, Dan, everyone thinks uh, the last year was like two or three years in one or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good question. So what? what's what's like a specific moment that you would be like, this is the one I'm proud of, you know? Man, that's a good question. I'm, I'm thinking back on the year. It's been a lot of highs and lows this year. Yeah. So, is anything coming to well, mind for yeah, you? Well, yeah, I mean, I, oh. so, uh, after the Oklahoma City event, I came back to Albuquerque that Monday, and then that Friday, I had to fly out to Philadelphia, um, because I had a lowercase noises show at this event called The Gatherings, which is, like, kind of a big deal, like, it's a series that's been going on for a long time in Philadelphia in this amazing church, um, you know, people like... Just massive names in in ambient music has played there, like Stars of the Lid, and um, I, there's all these other ones that I'm, I'm not thinking of right now. But um, I got to play that uh, opening for two of my good friends' bands, so Hotel Neon and uh, Slow Meadow. So that's Matt Kidd is Slow Meadow, and then uh, the Tasselmeyer Brothers and Stephen Kemner in Hotel Neon, and then my buddy Dave, uh, who's living with me right now, who we released an album this year together. Um, a collab album. Um, we flew out. I, he he came with me, um, and so the the thing I'm most proud of this year is the fact that I returned from Oklahoma City on Monday. Um, I took Tuesday off because I was tired. <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> at noon, Dave and I started planning our set <laughs> for that Saturday, <laughs> and it's like we have to fly out Friday. Um, and you know we we had no i most shows like this i i improvise the whole thing that's i like doing that i know that's kind of insane um but this one was like well we just released this album like and i just asked dave i was like what would you want to do i'm asking him wednesday <laughs> before saturday uh, of the show i'm like what would you want to do on this like it uh, what would be the most fun thing for you to do and he was like you know it'd be cool to like just put grab some stems from the album and put them on cassette tape um a couple tracks on a cassette tape and i can just play it during the songs and then he built a little pedal board uh so he had a float on there it was a literally a tape machine into float uh into el capistan and then into the new neighbor immerse reverb which is a sick little rig um yeah so that day i bounced a bunch of stems out gave it to him he made some tapes. I kind of arranged an Ableton session that was like, oh, we got to play 35 minutes. So here's 35 minutes. Um, threw some of the bass tracks in there. And uh, and then once we got it all set up, I was like, I don't really want to rehearse, do you? And he was like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. So we didn't rehearse. We just set up 
and then tore it down and flew out there. <laughs> um, but uh, the, all that to say is like, we played the show and it went just really well, I thought. And I just, it was another kind of like what I'm saying about the the pedal industry, all, all the friends is just like, I'm here with my friend uh, performing this thing. And like, I've had kind of a long and not, not really struggle, but like understanding myself and like realizing that I, the more time I prepare for something, the worse that thing kind of gets into in a way. So I'm kind of really leaning into this, like, well, I'll prepare for the show a few days before the show kind of thing. And we'll just see what happens. Um, and I don't know, just that, that show was like this culmination of everything working, like all, all these things. Like I would have felt so guilty about so many things that I did in that show, like previously, like I didn't, all I knew was in the 35 minutes, there's these three key changes. That was, that was all I knew. And there's like, uh, cues for us in the ears. Um, but it just felt like one, like I'm at this event that I, I is a big deal event. I'm performing in a way that has been uh, somewhat tough for me in, in the in a mental sense. Like, is this actually am I is this what I'm doing actually worth people coming in and and checking out because it's more improvisational than than prepared. Um, but for all of that to go well and like to see the rest of my friends perform after that. And then to have that be like, oh, that was like my last thing of this year. Like I get to kind of just chill after this. Like, uh, th that was just, that was my moment where it's like, man, I, there's been a whole lot of changes in like how I'm creating stuff and, and the process. Um, and I'm leaning into some sort of slightly uncomfortable things that are becoming more comfortable. And even when I lean in, into them or like, whoa, this was just really great, actually more than I thought it could be. So that's mine. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. To, to feel yourself just continuing to grow in those ways and have, have success from it. And yeah, I love that approach of just like, let's not, let's not overcook this. Let's, we severely undercooked let's, let's it. Not, like, let's not cook it at all. Uh, yeah. This is, it's this like, is, this is raw. This is not real. I was like, I know, <laughs> I feel like if we run through it once, that'll be the best run. Like, why not do that? for the actual show yeah, Which, that's an insane thing to say that's not like <laughs> professional you know a professional is going to be like yo you should have done this a month ago or something you know so so yeah that that's the thing there's yeah there's different approaches to it um also thank you for that talking, question clem it, that was really really nice yeah that was that was a excellent it's excellent excuse to really like look yes. back over the year and i feel like i want to do one from like an old blood's perspective sure. and then one from like a plain speak perspective. And so old blood wise. So I was thinking, just thinking back on releases we made, um, where like MTET, I felt really proud that I made a, was the first MIDI, MIDI controllable expression <laughs> yeah. device that was just like very unique in the industry. And also I had a lot of fun making it. And then ultimately like, don't use it much because I'm still not a big MIDI or expression guy. I'm but I felt it. like a, a pride in like, yeah, exactly. Enabling people like you to do to do more with pedals and, and MIDI and all those integrations. And like as Darklight is coming together, it's really exciting to have these successes along the way, but that's it's still kind of like work in progress. But BL uh 
Oh, I forget the number. <laughs> the number. The L52? I get their numbers mixed yeah, yeah. up. Is that the, the phase the, one? Phaser, yeah. the phase repeater that just came out um, was... Oh, my video froze, and it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful face. Let me grab a new battery real quick. Imaging edge webcam I'm seeing here. Dead air, we're having fun. <laughs> we're getting okay, the camera so on. Let's folks. talk about the BL <laughs> phase repeater. Um, uh, yeah, it felt like so. I always I always point back to Dweller as like um, a product that I'm really proud of, and it's one that I still have on my board all the time and all that stuff. And Calling it a phase repeater still feels like a little bit silly, but I also just am constantly insistent of like, it's a real genre of pedal. It's just that we've made the only one. And so when we did a a phase repeater in the BL like series and people were asking, so it's like a, it's a mini dweller or like what is, it felt like, it felt like dweller was the only representative of a phase repeater. And so the thought was, well, like what, what is this then if not dweller? And you hear it and you hear how it's a different thing because of tweaks to that like basic algorithmic idea and having it live in the phase repetition world where it feels a bit more like delay E reverb all the time. Yeah. It never feels very phasey and the delays never feel like super crisp, but they do crisp up sometimes. Um, it felt like a a real moment of like, all right, we've, we've now done two phase repeaters. Like old blood is creating a genre of pedal and it might not be our most popular thing. You know, it's like reverbs are always going to sell better, but it feels like something that is representative of the world we're trying to live in where you, you fire it up and you go, I'm not really sure what this (laughs) is. I don't have another thing that does this. But if you start writing parts with it and really like getting to know it, it can become indispensable where it's like once you've dialed in a setting, you can't dial in that setting on something else. So yeah. I just took, I think took a lot of pride in that release. That's awesome. Just coming out. Um, and then like thinking you're, you're talking about that performance and it's reminding me of again, being in the studio with, with plain speak and, this is a band that we put out a full length record in March and we played a uh, release show for that in May, like at resonant head, which was, yep. so this is a, there's, there's a lot sorry. of, sorry, I'm, I'm not choosing one. I keep finding new yeah, ones yeah, along yeah. the way, but doing the record release at resonant head, which is the venue adjacent to old blood, which had opened up about a month previous yeah huge moment for like old blood and the kind of the overall team that's, yeah. that's working working on and out of that and that opry building your bandmate ben is also an employee of old blood right yes uh he is he's worked with us before he's uh he's he actually works at the the norman public Library. okay i guess their, i just see him around space, enough that i just assumed he was he's a, he's in the family yeah. for sure he's he was i think he was like um he entered with us. He has traveled with me to trade shows. He's he's in he's in the old blood yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. He's like not current currently uh, um, uh, an employee, but yeah, I feel like he is. He's 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 part of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Um, and uh, oh, but yeah, so us, you know, having that record release show and the the lineup that the plain speak had for that was. Um, a four piece that was different from the lineup that recorded the album. And that's part of, part of the plain speak deal is it, it always ebbs and flows for yeah. 
a variety of reasons. It's just centered around Ben and I. Um, but that lineup that played the record release, we, we had played like two or three shows together as this this particular four-piece iteration of Plain Speak, and it was oriented around playing the songs from Calamity. So then when Ben and I started working on new stuff, we wanted to, we were talking about like starting recording it. Let's invite Zach and Aaron to see if they want to write with us as well. Zach had Zach has been on older Plain Speak stuff as the drummer, but uh, has never played bass with us aside uh-huh. from those few live shows. But he was playing, he had uh, bass duty on those. And then Aaron Newberry, who is uh, runs Studio B at Cardinal Song, while we were working on Calamity, basically popped his head in to be like, "Hey, I'm really liking this stuff. Um, <laughs> if you guys, if you guys need a drummer, let me know because we, because because Ben plays drums on Calamity, but he also wrote five of the songs, and mm. so we knew that live." we wanted him to be able to play guitar and sing instead of drumming and singing so that he could like put his all into yep, that yep. performance. And our bass player at the time was moving to Korea, like right after, I think before we even finished tracking, he had tracked all of his stuff, but oh dang, he moves to Korea before the album comes out. I moved to Michigan. <laughs> so it's all, all, all kinds of shifts happening. Yeah. But so we have this new, this new lineup of like people we've worked with in different ways before we arrive at the studio, Ben and I have each kind of demoed two songs a piece and tossed the ideas around, thrown those to Aaron and Zach to be like, hey, um, you know, kind of no pressure on these two days at the studio, but let's see what we can do and just get things started. Hopefully we can get drums laid down for four songs. Yeah. And by the like middle of the second morning, we have gotten all the drums for all those songs as well as all the guitars and bass parts because yeah. we're just tracking in the room and we are somehow locked in. And even though they are basically unfamiliar with these songs because we just kind of threw them their way, you know, a week or two before, things are just like really gelling and, and coalescing in a, in a really cool way. So then Mike Trepanier is like editing the the fourth one, just kind of getting it prepped for, you know, what the next step will be and we're talking about what we want to do next and ben and i each were like well there's i i had a song that was maybe going to be on calamity but we decided to cut because it didn't feel like it fit fit with the others but i still like really liked it he had another song that he had just kind of been working on recently and so we just kind of grabbed a couple guitars i played mine he played his and aaron and zach were both like stoked on it you could see gears turning already nice. for what we could do with these songs and then we spent the rest of the day just doing an additional two songs and i think that particular moment of us playing these songs in their just rawest like acoustic form that these guys had never heard before and them just responding positively and saying let's get in there and do yeah. it and then us knocking out like a full band performance of both of those where it's like, well, we got to go back in and do vocals and maybe some, you know, fun overdubs, a little yeah, extra did percussion or whatever. Stuff, but yeah, it's like the core of the song is done. And that I felt like releasing Calamity and doing a record release and all that was going to be sort of a culmination moment for Plain Speak. Uh if we're like, all oh, right, we did a big thing. Who knows what will happen after this? And then it was like, reviews were really good. People really liked the the album. We had a lot of fun making it. So when it came time to maybe make some more music, we were like, ah, who knows how it'll go? And it turns out really it's like well. even way smoother and more productive yeah. than the calamity making process, which is um, just a really special moment. So yeah, Oof. um, love that. Yeah, 
It, also bought a house this year, so I'm just personally really proud of like. And you're what, welcome. What, you're welcome what, for that. What, that's right. Yeah. So what 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 Haley? What my wife Haley and I are doing to make this place our own. There's just a lot of little moments of pride. Like I installed a light switch today, <laughs> or like we we painted this room yes. today. You, you know, built it's, acoustic it's, it's nice panels. A space where. Yes. Yeah. And all because you forgot to put an episode on your calendar, and we had to reschedule with Clint. Yep. And I met her uh, over at the viewing, and we looked at the house. And had to do it that day. Put in put in a panicked offer because the deadline was that night, and somehow got it. Yep. So I'll just continue to say, "You're welcome, Dan, for that." <laughs> um, that's the that's your that should be your your <laughs> moment of pride for the. <laughs> I just I've said it before. I love that when I really the one time I really messed up on this show turned out really well that doesn't usually happen you know, just like a really good thing came out of it so always yeah. happy to revisit that fact um all right i say we do one more voicemail and then we do some plugs and the plugs should just be our musical output from this year that's what i'm saying that sounds good and open whatever just one of your odd hogs here yeah go by michael anyhow okay i'm calling because you know you can combine your names You've been working together yeah. long enough on this podcast. I'm not trying to ship you guys or anything, but Dan, Andy, Dandy. Yeah. That's right there. Dandy. Yeah. And you, uh, you, I'm not going to say how to do your job here, but, <laughs> but you could put microphones into the signal blender, have both of you talking in parallel, and then put that into the beam <laughs> splitter, and you could... Say the word dandy at the same time, or we are dandy, or I am dandy. I don't know. You do your thing. So now, anyway, happy holidays. <laughs> okay, so so I feel like uh, we're starting a cult here, or, or we're continuing to build on cult-ish things here. There's a culty energy around, yeah. for sure. So, I mean, if what if what the listeners want is for Dan and I to chant into a beam splitter saying our combined <laughs> name. <laughs> you know, that, that classic shipping narrative yeah. where people are like, you know, I just, I just want, I'm just looking forward to the chapter where they put their voices together and say their portmanteau of their yeah. own names into a guitar pedal over and over. Uh, yeah. So that yeah, that's a good idea. We should. Uh, we'll, we'll, it's not. It's yeah. We'll consider that for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play the plugs theme, and then we're going to talk about our music slightly more specifically, and then we're gonna get the hell out of here. Let's do the plugs. links fam all right so i'll i'll go first and just say that uh the album that uh myself and my friend dave put out his his moniker is Nall and aal um he was in o- oklahoma city with us did you know you knew that yes okay, yeah. yeah great yeah we used to chat a little bit yeah. um so we put out an album called an encounter with broken time and i really like it that's what we performed in philadelphia um you can go to lowercasenoises.bandcamp.com for that. And we did just put up, there, there's no physical version aside from some uh, cassette tapes that we've made. And we have some leftovers from that show. So if anyone wants those, you can go buy that. So that's it. 
And then for uh, for Plain Speak, um, yeah, we put out an album called Calamity earlier this year. You can go to plainspeak.bandcamp.com. You can also just find it wherever you're streaming music yeah. to check it out. Um, it's on vinyl. Uh, we've got Sick. some shirts. We have a pedal called the Calamity. Yeah, drive. you really did the whole thing. Used a bunch on that album. Um, so there's a lot of like birch and some physical media form of the music, and just uh, just stream it, like it, love it. Um, Look forward to hopefully some more stuff next year. Cool. And yeah. And uh let's plug some old blood stuff too. Yeah. Because you know, ultimately Come that's on. what that's what keeps this podcast going. That's what that's what helps us sit here for an yeah. hour and just chat about yep. the nature of making How music many dark and, stars uh, had to be sold in order for us to do this? Crazy to think that's about. The, that's the question. <laughs> Go buy a couple dark stars. Well, Actually, no, don't truly Dark Star is being discontinued. So the the last time you can buy a Dark Star in this form is January thirty first. There is a gun to Dark Star's head in the office. There, it's yes. kind of disturbing. It's uh, it's very dark, yeah. which is not meant to be a pun on its name. It's it's just <laughs> harsh industries, you know. There's you know we can't. It's just yeah. Some things we can't have a say about. So, but there's also. Um, you know, I by the time you're listening to this, maybe they're all sold out. I don't Who know. Knows? But um, Dark Light is the combination of Dark Star and Sunlight that costs $80 less than buying the two pedals separately and puts them in one box with a bunch of routing and added expression Additional and features. shared hold switch. And yeah, I could I could do do a big long ad for it. But basically, Dark Light is really cool and you should get one. Yep. And the BL pedals. The MTET, if you are a MIDI and expression person. Yep. Beam Splitter, if you just like making your guitar sound real big through three separate overdrives with a couple delay lines. Yep. Um, I feel like it has been a wild year for Old Blood yep. um, in every way that things can be wild. But we are we are here and we are making products that I'm still excited about. And uh, we hope that you guys are too. So yep. um, enjoy those. And again... Make music, make music with your stuff. Get some new stuff if you uh, need the inspiration. But make sure to uh, make new friends, but keep the keep the old. You know, yeah. Klon is silver, but it's also gold. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was perfect. Actually, wow. There's that's that's the end that of the year. We did it. <laughs> All right, why don't, why don't we go out like this, Dan? Can you follow me on this? Please, 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 please. The lag is kind of it's a problem. I'm following you. Yeah, I'm trying. It's tough. All right. Yeah. We'll figure that out. 2024. Yeah. Thanks for worshiping objects with us. I'm attempting to play the outro here. You wouldn't even believe how hard I'm attempting to click this button. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. All right, who cares? I'll just put it in and edit. Who cares? All right. Stop. That sounds good. I'll do. I can. You know. I'll do, I can do the. Uh, you know. I can talk. Tell people about oh, yeah. object worship is a production of old blood noise endeavors. Uh, our opinions uh, don't reflect the views of the company, but they might. But they, they don't necessarily. Uh, and um, Andy Offling, uh, as well as being co-host, is uh, doing our editing and mixing. Yes. And you can get in touch with with us. Um, there, there should be some links in the show notes. Uh, wow, what a podcasty phrase there. Links in the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just hit up Old Blood on a variety of social media. Join us on the Discord. Um, uh, get on for, Threads, for kind of folks like Coffee uh, Spoon and, and all the other folks that uh, they called yeah. in. And um, we and we have been yeah. dandy. Let's, uh, so 
We have been dandy. We'll we'll see you next year. Okay. Bye. <laughs>